When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. We have been following since the summertime the Owen Okura story. And it seems to change now week to week. The original closure date came and went so now what seems to be the residents and their families in a state of continuous uncertainty because they do not know what is happening with the Onakura Centre in Middleton. There were some more meetings held towards the end of last week and I spoke with Councillor Liam Quaid and indeed with Maureen, whose brother is a resident in the centre. So Liam, another Monday, another development possibly in Onakura. Now, who did you meet and what's going to happen as a result of that meeting? Hi PJ. Well, last Thursday, myself and the other East Cork councillors met with local HC management uh, in County Hall. So we met Michael Fitzgerald, the Chief Officer, Dr. Sinead O'Brien, Executive Clinical Director. They were the main people who spoke. Uh, there was also um, a guy named Mark Kane, who um, is from the maintenance department. So he would be in charge of the, the premises and building upkeep. Um, the management briefed us that they intended liaising with Cork County Council and uh, local housing associations about the possibility of building new housing units for mental health service users on the site of the Onakura Centre. Mm. Now, this sounded like a very promising breakthrough um, initially, but on further questioning, it transpired to be a, a completely notional proposal. So there was no budgetary commitment backing mm. that up, and they actually had no clear outline of the scope of uh, residential provision that they were thinking about. So no sense of how many how many people would could be accommodated there. Right. So this was more something that came up in conversation rather than an actual proposal on the table is the sense you got? Well, it, it was something that they they came, you know, to, to kind of talk about. Um, but there was there was no there was no detail really to what to, to what it was. Um, and, and they hadn't taken any steps as far as we could see um, to that end. Now, of, of even greater concern to me about that is. Um, they were adamant that any new housing on the Onakura site, if it came to pass, so like what we're talking about here is a three to four year time frame yeah. at the least, if it did, if it did happen, any new uh, accommodation would, would not be 24 hour staffed as the Onakura is and as all of the other community residences are in North Cork, um, West Cork, etc. So basically, if this accommodation materialised in three or four years' time, it would only cater to the more high-functioning service users, people who are who have a greater level of independent um, living skills. 
And for for those who would need 24-hour staffed care, the more likely alternatives for them would be ward-based settings in St. Stephen's Hospital mm. um, and St. Finbar's Hospital. And I've talked to you before about how in, in, in one of the wards in St. Stephen's, you can be sharing um, a dorm-style room with up, to, with up to five other residents. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's falling very short of, of what's required. There was another development at that meeting on Thursday uh, that you wanted to tell me about. That's right, um, and this is something I would very much welcome, and I, I, would, I commend HSE management um, for confirming at the meeting that they will appear before the Oireachtas um, uh, Health Committee to answer questions about the proposed closure and its impact on the East Cork region. Um, this this arose out of a referral that I made back in mid-October, along with eight other um, public reps from the Cove and Middleton areas. Um, basically, we, we had that meeting that, that you, you would have documented yourself on the 21st of September yes. with the Mental Health Oireachtas Committee. Um, there was an awful lot of unanswered questions that came out of that that we wanted to follow up. Um, so the Health Committee had agreed to send a delegation of TDs and senators to visit Onakura and St. Stephen's Hospital for comparison last week. But unfortunately, that was that that had to be concerned had to be cancelled because of rising cases in the community, COVID cases in the community. Um, but they did agree to um, invite the HSC to a, a standard meeting, and they have also invited the Mental Health Commission. Um, so I think that's that's an opportunity, I suppose, for there to be, you know, quite intensive political scrutiny of of what's happening. Liam, are you in any way more hopeful? than you were when we first discussed the future of Onakura? I would have to say no, and I think it would be politically naive for um, for public reps to welcome the latest developments in regard to notional talks with the Cork County Council about housing units. Um, and and the, reason, the reason that it would be naive is this. Um, when, when people with this level of difficulty are placed in services like Onakura, it can take years of painstaking therapeutic work yeah. for them to make very gradual progress. And the decision to to remove this service, it's like ripping out the foundations of a support system for many of these residents. And it should only be happening as an emergency measure and as a temporary measure to resolve building issues. Um, we, we, heard, we heard an awful lot at the, at the meeting on Thursday about moving people to more independent living situations. Um, and that's that's something we all agree with. But there are a certain cohort of, of um, service users who require the framework of 24-hour staffed care in order to flourish and in order to make that gradual progress. And those people have a right to live in their own communities, just as do the more high-functioning service users. I, we, we really need, I think, all of our political representatives getting behind them, because otherwise the, the, more, the most vulnerable are going to get left behind. Liam, I'll leave it there. Thanks again for the update. Thanks, PJ. So Maureen, we've spoken before about your own uh, family member and I imagine this is very worrying times for them and for you. But on the basis of what you've heard back from Liam about the meeting in County Hall last week, how do you feel about the process now? Um, Well, I suppose to give an overall view is that we were informed at the end of June that the centre would be closing and we're here at the end of November and we still don't know what the plans are. So in other words, we've been in totally uncertain waters for the last five months 
and there is no end in sight. Mm. The only thing is that the centre closure has been delayed, but the only reason for that is that placements apparently weren't secured before the announcement of the closure was made. So it's an extraordinary situation to be in that a health service would treat people with mental illness in this way. So however traumatic it's been for the families, I can't even begin to describe how traumatic it is for the residents. Your own family member who is a resident, how are they feeling about all this? Um, well, we're very close, so I'm in regular contact and obviously providing all the support that I can. Um, and it's impossible to say because people will always put a gloss, a happy gloss, you know, and just say they're getting on with things and stuff like that. And I suppose there's, you know, a certain amount of relief that everything didn't happen as fast as was originally planned. Yes. But I mean, we've had two meetings to date with staff about placements, but nothing concrete was on offer. And I mentioned the uncertainty is the hardest part, not knowing what's going to happen. Exactly. And, you know, this feeling that, you know, they might come in and kind of sweep everybody out very quickly. Um, is there even a reassurance available that that won't happen, Maureen? No, there's none, because, you know, I've obviously been in touch with several levels of management and also um, several layers of government. And we just keep on getting the same response back, that extensive consultation is happening with family members and residents. And that wasn't the case for a long time. And when it did eventually start, um, the problem was that it wasn't meaningful because we weren't talking about any concrete replacements. Yeah. The other thing, and the big thing not to be forgotten here, is that with the proposed closure, the service is being taken away. Now, 24-hour services are necessary for some people. So if you try to replace it with the day service or with a partial service, it's not going to work. In relation to something else that came out of the meeting that Liam had last mm -hmm. week at the County Hall was this notional plan for replacement housing to be built on site. Now, if you hear that, you think, oh, isn't that a great idea? Replace what's there now with new housing. Looks great, but there's a but. There is. Well, first of all, it doesn't, it, it wouldn't house the, the 19 people that were originally there. That's the first thing. The second thing is there's no plan for a 24-hour service. So we're looking at taking away services. What replaces that in East Cork? Nothing. So again, you know, there's a big problem with people being taken out of their area. The other thing is that has planning been sought? No. And how long would it take? So if the centre was to close, and clearly it's not in such a bad shape that it's dangerous because the residents are still there five months on. Yeah. So all the earth urgency about closure um, would seem not to be backed up by actions on part of on the part of the HSE. That's the first thing. So then, um, like the, the 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 other thing about that is that why wasn't that planned in advance? Like why are we five months down the line and suddenly this idea appears out of nowhere, but it's not backed up by anything. And it's not backed up by logistics. What do we do with the people who are there for the next three to four years? Why wasn't this planned in advance? 
I mean, there are serious questions for the HSE to answer here. Now, a development also coming from Thursday's meeting was the agreement by HSE management to go before the full Eroctus Health Committee. Does that give you any more uh-huh. optimism that something might happen? Um, it's very hard to judge um, until we see the outcome of the meeting. Obviously, I'm optimistic in the sense that I don't think that when the closure announcement was made that the managers thought they'd be here in November. The HSE is a body which is publicly accountable. So if questions are asked, then the answers should be there. We're supposedly living in a democracy, you know. Um, but, you know, there's, as, as I said, like there, there is a duty of care. The, the decision needs to be reversed. Do you hold out still, Maureen, hope that that might happen? I think it has to happen. It's, it's a matter of not giving up until the decision is reversed. Because there are not other suitable places available. We have in writing from the HSE that the reason for the closure was that my brother deserved better. So I'm still waiting to see what the better is. There will be more family meetings, so I hope we get answers to that. Well, he was one of the people that I met when I visited uh, a number of months ago now. So please convey to him my best wishes, Maureen, when you see him. Thank you. I will, of course, PJ. And we'll talk again very soon. Okay, thanks a lot. That's the latest update on Ona Curra. Uh, we've pledged to stay with the story. Quartz 96 FM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save 